Hello, and welcome to Better Betting. Here are your hosts, the King of Timonium, Gary Quill, and the ruler of the replays, Eric Rubin. Hey, and welcome to Better Betting. My name is Eric Rubin, and I'm here with my partner, the once again King of Timonium, Mr. Gary Quill. GQ, how be you? We have, uh, I'm good, Eric, and we have entered the last quarter maybe of the the year the racing year the the summer meets are behind us uh saratoga delmar timonium <laughs> so uh uh onward to uh the fall and um waiting for i guess breeders cup probably all the horses who will be running breeders cup pretty much are in i'm sure over the next maybe 30 days or there, there may be a few more but other than that you're back to work uh i'm still at work or not at work but working so um looking forward to uh the fall let's say yeah and kind of a light weekend here because uh with delmar ending saratoga ending i knew new i didn't even look at california but i know saratoga and new york they're taking off a little time. I think they return to Belmont late next week, maybe next Friday, uh, the 16th, I think, possibly maybe Thursday of next week. So they have a little break there. But, of course, we have a couple meets opening up that are exciting for some. Uh, I love Kentucky Downs. I wish every day was Kentucky Downs Day. It's just it, it's amazing, the, the betting, the opportunities there. It's not exactly the, the photos. The photos, yeah, you can talk about that if you want. Uh, it's not always the best words. Like for the level and the money they're giving out, a lot of times they don't get the greatest horses, but I don't care. There's huge fields and you, you hit like one bet and you're good for the meat. I mean, I hit a pick five that wasn't really that much. It was a little under a thousand, maybe 900, 850, but that put me up for, for a couple of days there. So just hitting one bet. Uh, so that's why I love Kentucky downs and the opportunity for a big score. I'm sad. I didn't get to play today, Thursday. I had to work, but Saturday we're back at it and we're covering that on the show today. And then the other track is one a little closer to you. Laurel park is opening up once again with a new track right yes i uh caught us uh, we're recording this on thursday i caught the first two races one the first one was on the the dirt the main track the other one is on the turf um the it the the first dirt race was kind of speed favoring but it may have just been the better horses uh the times themselves were not ridiculous i know Early on, back in August, uh, when the horses started uh, doing um, published works, the times were kind of ridiculous. So I guess they've kind of taken care of that. And uh, but still, it it it's a new surface, uh, and it's kind of like um, betting a track that just opened anyway that you don't know how it's going to play. Um, so if you're if you're one who who likes to see if a track speed favoring fair, the you know as Andy Serling loves to call any Naira track the Golden Rail, you know that 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 kind of stuff. Um, just observe the, those type of races the first couple of days to see if there's any biases that come into play. But I could only go by the first dirt race and the first turf race. The t- Turf was good. We did have some uh, moisture uh, over the last couple days, 
So that that's good news that Laurel, because I know uh, Delaware on Thursday, they were off the turf. So um, it's good that Laurel maintained the turf course. And, and you said that uh, Laurel pick five either Friday or Saturday has a ton of horses and it's turf. Yeah, I looked at the late pick five on Saturday at Laurel because I'll, I'll be done with Kentucky Downs studying so I can bet a second track on Saturday. And it looks like Laurel will be the track. Uh, you know, I enjoy watching Maryland racing. I follow it fairly closely the last couple of years. So I feel like I know a lot of the horses there. And yeah, I counted. I don't remember offhand, but it was over 50 entries in the late pick five. So if they do stay on the turf, I did not look at the weather. I didn't handicap the races at all. I just looked to see the entries to see. That's kind of where I decide where I'm going to play. You know, I have a couple of tracks I might bet as a second track. If I, use, if I go to a second track and I kind of glance like now I'll look at Laurel, Monmouth, maybe Woodbine, and I'll see the entries and whichever one has like the bigger fields I'll typically play. Although typically I'll, I'll lean toward Laurel just because, like I said, I follow it a little closer than the other circuits. So uh, especially with New York being off. So, yeah, no, looking forward to it. I hope they stay on the turf and we get nice uh, big fields there. You're, they, uh, will, they, they should stay on the turf because there are zero chance of precipitation between Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So. Well, the old course, as I think you've said, or, or people have said, if you spilled a cup of water on it, they were off the turf. So you got to hope no one's going out there with uh, bottles of water. But hopefully now it drains a little better. I don't know. Like I said, we'll, we'll find out. But so far, good sign. They were on it and seems to be going okay today. Uh, I glanced at a couple of races as you were talking, just looking at the replays and uh, deep closer one on the turf one race and the two dirt races, logical horses, you know, low price one, but they came just off the pace, like sitting third, fourth. So who knows, but I'm assuming the track seems fairly fair. If you want to check it out, if you're playing Laurel, feel free to look today in the Friday races to see how it's playing. Uh, we, we have that segment in the show and I'm actually looking forward to this week's uh, Quill question of the week, the QQOT, or I think I skipped a letter there, but Close. Quill question of the week. OTW, is it? QQOTW? All right. You got it. So the OTW, the QOTW, the QQOTW, I'll get it down once we uh, get a couple weeks of it. Uh, so, Mr. Quill, what is the QQOTW this week? The, qu the qu Quill question of the week is, after you've handicapped, or as you're handicapping races, how much weight or how much consideration do you take in uh, when uh, there's a jock change? Meaning, uh, there's a different jock riding the horse than did in its previous race or races. Whether it's a upgrade in your mind, an upgrade, a downgrade, or whatever. How much does that weigh on your opinion on using a horse or liking a horse or uh, like upgrading uh, the horse to be part of your sequence uh, for pick fives or any other horizontal? Well, as we were discussing uh, off the air just before we started, it's a very subjective question. Uh, you can ask 10 different people and they'll have 10 different answers and who knows who's actually correct. It's not a big deal for me, jockeys. I, I just listen. If we're going from it happened actually at Kentucky Downs. I'm pretty sure it was Irad was on a horse that its last race was somewhere in the Midwest. A jockey I either never heard of or very low percent jockey, and I made note of it. I said Irad with a plus plus there, just so it's like a pretty big jockey upgrade. But 
to me, it's not a huge deal because I'm watching the replays. I can see what kind of trip they get, the horse got. And if you're talking about a jockey like at a, a Belterra, who's not a great jockey, if the horse is coming to Kentucky Downs, getting a better jockey, well, he's going against better jockeys too. That crappy jockey at Belterra might be going against other low-level jockeys. So even though it's a jockey upgrade, the competition is upgrading too. So the other jockeys in the race are better. So it kind of offsets. So I don't know. To me, jockeys aren't, I don't want to say they're not important because obviously the ride is important, but any jockey can give you a good ride. Any can give you a bad ride. Some are definitely better than others, but I'm generally on the Naira circuit and the top eight or 10 jockeys are all so very good that do I really care if Jose Lescano's on the horse or Irad or Jose Ortiz? They're all very good. Yeah, I think Joel and Irad are probably the two best, but uh, and Louis is right there, Saez. But everyone's so close that I'm not that concerned about it. Jockeys play a very small factor. In fact, I told you that I have a, a, a sad story almost with jockeys, but yesterday, Wednesday, at Kentucky Downs, looking at the late pick five, there were three races I was thinking about singling. And looking at those races, uh, I think it was race six, seven, and eight on Wednesday, the, the second half of the card. And I believe it was race six. I liked the eight horse who went off about nine to two in that range, third choice, maybe even fourth choice. And the jockey was E.T. Baird, who probably has like millions of victories because I think he's been around forever. And I looked at the horse, and the horse seemed like there was a lot of speed in the race. Another reason why I shouldn't look at pace. And the horse was kind of a speed horse. But I was like, can he come off the pace a little bit? He's never really done that in his career, the horse. And he had a lot of races. But I knew the horse was not, A, probably going to get the lead, and B, if he tried to get the lead, he was going to be toast. So in my head, I'm like, you know what? E.T. Baird, do I trust this jockey to pull the horse off the pit? Like if it was Irad, I'd be like, oh, he'll sit back, he'll have patience, he'll know, Joel, they'll know what to do, and they'll get the horse to rate. Well, guess what? E.T. Baird got the horse to rate, gave the horse a great ride, and the horse won easily. And while I used the horse, I went three deep or something in that race instead of singling, and it cost me another race where I singled a different race where if I would have used a few horses, I might have hit it. Uh, I think I lost the last leg anyway, so it didn't affect me. I would have lost the pick five anyway in the last race. But it did affect my pick threes and pick, um, not pick fours, because there was no pick four, I don't think. Actually, no, the middle pick four. It affected my middle pick four. I would have hit it if I singled that race. So, which I don't know what it paid, but it was probably decent. So, in that case, looking at the jockey hurt me. So, it doesn't 100% answer your question because that wasn't like a jockey change, but it was, I didn't have faith in the jockey to do something and he did it. And that's why I should not care that much about jockeys. So, to me, some people bet using percentages and jockey with trainer. I don't give a crap about that stuff. I'm not saying you're wrong if you do. It just, I, I really don't care. I can't tell you how many times in the past I've looked at that and I'm like, eh, you know what? And then a jockey who has 4% wins comes in at 20 to 1. So it, it's just, it, to me, it's meaningless. If I see like Heeman Harkey at Naira on a 2 to 1 shot, I'll be a little skeptical because I'll be like, oh, do I want to trust him? On a favorite, probably not. So in that case, I'll look a little bit. But um, no, so if I, listen, I take it a little into account. If, if last race, it was a below average jockey and now it's getting a good jockey. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. But assuming the, the below average jockey got the horse a good trip watching the replay, I don't really factor it in that much. If he had a bad trip or not a perfect trip, then I'll be, oh, maybe I'll get a little bit of trip, factor that in. So I would say slightly, but not much in my handicap. But what about you? Because even though it's your question... You have answers. Yeah, um, I I tend to take it in, in consideration. Um, 
probably uh, only at you know tracks that I'm very familiar with. Uh, most you know most riders in the colony knowing and and when you watch replays and seeing them on horses uh whether or not um you have confidence in them versus any other journeyman or apprentice uh it's just uh i haven't gotten burnt by it i guess <laughs> so and and like you said there is no one right answer it whatever your history is with uh, making those decisions uh, for whatever reason it's part of like my handicapping I I look to see who's on the horse if it's the same jock as last time out different jock and I make an arbitrary decision my personal opinion whether or not it's an upgrade or or downgrade it has nothing to do with their win percentage it's just my knowledge of those particular jocks because of following that circuit closely. Um, but uh, your, it, your point about E.T. Baird or even, um, you know, a jock from another circuit, the jock may not be, be cracked up to be one of the nation's best, but uh, who was he in a race against, <laughs> you know? Is maybe as as we always like to make uh, crazy um, comparisons as far as your your level of competition. You know, you could be the fastest tenth grader, but if you then go up a bunch against a bunch of Olympians, you're not going to win that race. So if uh, the jock who was on that horse was just as good talent wise as everybody else in that race then, you know, uh, they, 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 there's no um, great upgrade or downgrade. So I guess uh, the result of the question is it becomes personal preference. There is no one answer. Obviously, I would think that people would tend, if they're on the fence about using a horse, they would then look elsewhere to make that determination and one one of those factors may be the who's riding the horse but as you said looking at the replay you can you can see how the horse was ridden if the jock got the horse in trouble that may not have even been documented or you know rush the horse up when really shouldn't have premature moves whatever so just some you know food for thought uh, and personal, personal choice, I guess. And, and just one final thought. I mean, you're paying for the better jockey, meaning you mentioned this before to me, if you're getting IRAD, all right, maybe it's a jockey upgrade, but you're also going to have a lot of people bet the horse because it's IRAD. So if yeah. you look at jockey, I don't have the stat. I actually was Googling it while you're talking. I, I can't find it. I know Ed DeRosa tweets it out occasionally, but if you have jockey ROI return on investment, that's a better way to see like for, I always sing the praises of Junior Alvarado. Now, he had a rough summer. He's really better the last couple of weeks. He had a concussion, I think, in the spring. He got injured or early summer, whatever it was. I honestly mm -hmm. think that really affected his riding because he just was not riding well. Uh, but the last couple of weeks, I think he's probably, and this is my own opinion, I think he's healthy and riding much better now. So for a while, I was kind of fading him because he was riding bad, and I thought that was why maybe. Uh, but anyway, he had a positive ROI over a number of years. 
meaning that for every $2 to win on him, if you bet him every race, you actually make not much, but you're making money where I ran $2 every race, you're getting back $1.60 maybe, whatever it is. So even though I ran the best jockey, his ROI might be 30th best because he's getting either over bet or whatever the case may be. So if you're into betting jockeys, you know, oh, I'm going to bet Irad because he's going to win. Yeah, but you're not going to get the value maybe. So to me, it's, it's almost pointless looking at jockeys. I don't want to say totally pointless. And like we said, it's subjective. You can be sitting out there thinking I'm an idiot for, for fading jockeys and not caring that much, but I really don't care too much about the jockeys. One thing I will do sometimes when I'm in a, a race where it's like a maiden special way to attract for like $90,000, like an expensive maiden special way, and it's like first-time starters, I don't have workout reports or anything. I'm like, all right, the big races or the more um, profitable purses are often won by the top jockeys. So maybe I'll be like, all right, it's a hundred thousand dollar race. I'm going to pick five. I have no idea what to do this race. Here are like the top four jockeys. And then everyone else is like a step below. I'll just use those four jockeys. Unfortunately, it's often the favorites, but so maybe that's where I'll look at jockeys, but that's very rare and very few and far between. So uh, anyway, that's, that's my thoughts on it. I could be wrong. Um, yeah, just before we move on to the handicapping portion, you, you made an excellent point as far as uh, your ROI is going down with the better jocks. It's almost like there's a uh, uh, unknown takeout, <laughs> okay? The takeout's actually higher when you're getting a better jock, and I remember – this past summer, you know, when I was handicapping more Naira Saratoga races than I typically do, I'd just be handicapping and I'm like, oh, I like this horse. And I'd look and I read is on the horse for the first time. And I'm like, oh, crap, I'm not going to get <laughs> I'm not going to get you. any value for the horse. So, yeah, that would say that's an excellent point that, yeah, you, you, you may be getting the better jockey, but you're going to be sacrificing payoff because. When in doubt, people will throw Irad in their uh, sequence unless he's a twenty-two to one at the end of a pick five. <laughs> on the jockey change that they didn't even know on TVG, they're announcing the wrong jockey is on the horse. So that that's bad. that that kills me. I don't want to even talk about it. So if you remember out there, that's great. But ninety-two thousand dollars, ninety-four thousand dollars later, I oh. anyway. Thanks for bringing that up. All right, you want a handicap? You ready? Uh, you can handicap. I'll just listen along uh, as uh, usual well, because uh, not, yeah, and I, I say that not as a knock to air. Uh, I just have uh, lately <laughs> or a lot um, don't, haven't had the time to uh, digest uh, these uh, PPs like, like Eric. So Eric does the yeoman's work and I, I just throw in some, hmm, or, you know, maybe I uh, look at this type of thing. Off right, well, off. Well, thank you for that. Uh, I don't know if that was a positive plug or not, but we uh, we go to Kentucky Downs on Saturday. The late pick five starts with race seven. It is a stakes race, grade three, the ladies' turf. The Kentucky Downs ladies' turf, one mile on the undulating turf course. And listen, the favorite looks tough here. Uh, two to one morning line. I'm assuming the horse will be a little shorter than that, probably even money or seven to five, six to five. Princess Grace, the two horse. It's hard for me to go against this horse in this race. I, I, I'm always looking to beat favorites, but sometimes, you know, they win a third of the time. And this is one that's probably going to win uh, unless I'm missing something. Put up a, a big speed figure, second off the layoff, four year old, only getting better. 
won a grade two at Del Mar, beat Dog Tag, who's, you know, capable horse. Maxim Raid, again, not the greatest horses, but as good as any of these. So to me, the two is going to be pretty tough here. Uh, two back, I didn't love the race at Parks. I know she won, but I thought she had a, a, a very, very good trip. But it was off a layoff, and then she really improved last time. So to me, the two is going to be tough. I mean, the alternatives to me are kind of chalky anyway. Uh, the three, Abscond, uh, who I believe is already a grade one winner, won the Natalma at age two up at Woodbine. That was two years ago already, though. Uh, but this horse is a, a solid horse in, in good form. Last race in the NASA, a grade two up at Woodbine, lost to Jolie Olympica. Uh, Abscond closed in that race. I thought the race, like, it says C, like, in the DRFPPs. Like, it set up heavily for closers, which would downgrade Epscon. I didn't think that was the case at all. I thought it was, like, even. By even, I mean it didn't favor closers or speed. Uh, you know, ran well. Nothing, uh, you know, I wouldn't upgrade the effort. I wouldn't downgrade the effort. But ran well. So, Epscon has a chance here. And, unfortunately, the other uh, horse who I've always had, I don't know, crush is the right, right word, but Delica, who I liked last time. Delica, two back at Delaware, really impressed me because... She was in a massive pace duel with a horse who just totally faded. And it was an insane pace. I know it doesn't look all that fast, 48 and change. But remember, they were going a mile and three eighths on a soft turf course, which came up with not that big of a variant, but I'm sure it was. It had to be fairly slow. They're basically on like two or three races, the buyer, so uh, on the track variant. Anyway, I was so impressed with that race. When she went up to Saratoga, I'm like, she's a major player. And she just kind of ran off there. And no real excuse. Lost to a real good one in Warlike Goddess. But she lost pretty badly. Uh, she quit kind of early. So was she running against better horses other than the two in here? Probably. So I, I could give her another chance, definitely. Uh, so I, I would say the two is probably going to win. And, and I'd say Delica, she's shortening up. She'd been running long and she'd run well long. Maybe now going shorter, uh, she's just a better horse than when she went shorter before. So Delica will be my second choice. Epscon will be tough. And then um, the only long shot I see with a chance, and I don't love the horse, is seven. the seven Princess Causeway. There's a horse who, A, has run very well at Kentucky Downs, which is often an important thing. And then B, third off a layoff, improved a lot last race, and perhaps can improve one more time. Uh, she ran against, uh, she's on the warpath last race, the five horse, uh, and she lost to her by three quarters of a length. But again, it was second off a layoff. She can improve, or I don't know if she's on the warpath is going to improve off of that effort. The the five, she's on the warpath, save ground, and then two wide. Basically had a pretty good trip that race. Now the Prince, Prince Princess, sorry, Causeway had a bad trip, but uh, I just think she can improve. You're getting a little bit of price too. So if I was betting vertically, I would use a seven, especially like third and, and maybe second. But in the pick five, I'm almost definitely going to single Princess Grace. Maybe I'll throw in Delica if I feel enough prices and Abscond, I respect too, but I'm probably not going to use all three chalks here unless I single a price later, which is possible. But uh, yeah, that's that's how I see this race, uh, kind of chalky with uh, the one long shot with a little bit of a chance. GQ, you have any uh, thoughts, questions, opinions? I, I think it's interesting that Princess Grace, um, seventh start at a seventh different track. That's <laughs> kind of... Strange, especially when when you race at Parks and then you race at Del Mar and then you come back to race at Kentucky. It's like that's a well-traveled horse 
but yeah, I, I, I was just kind of looking at the pace scenario. There's going to be plenty of pace. I mean, uh, the six, Shifty She, Princess Causeway, the Lika, they're, they're going to be uh, out front. There's some some well tactical speed there with Sarah C and the uh, uh, that's the one horse Sarah C and the, the five. She's on the war path, and then deep closures are the eight summer in Saratoga and the four Curella, which is kind of interesting. The horse didn't run bad. The only two times, again, where these horses are running off of Lasix. And I thought it was neat. Uh, I want to say it may have been opening day at Kentucky Downs where – or no, it was it was the uh, pick five. It was the first pick five race that we had last weekend, and a price horse won. And it was the the horses that ran one, two, three were three of the four horses who had raced without Lasix in their last race. Coincidence? Yes. Mm, that's you it. know, <laughs> but uh, you know. Um, I don't know. Uh, obviously, you're, and I agree with you. You're going to get less than two to one on Princess Grace. So you're, if you're looking for who could possibly come in, I don't know. I'm looking for somebody coming off the pace. I haven't watched that many Kentucky Downs races. You know, or is Spade is is Spade is is Speed fading? Um, yeah, are they coming off the pace all the time? Are they, you know, just off the pace or all the above? Uh, I guess all the above. I, I found it to be pretty fair. Yesterday, there happened to be a ton of speed duels and closers won, but it was logical because all the speed right. duels. So, uh, I, I maybe other people, and I didn't watch today, Thursday, but uh, to me, it's been pretty fair. I want to make one point about Delica. Um, you know, you mentioned it's one of the speeds. I think Delica is coming off the pace because A, she's shortening up a lot. And she didn't really show speed too often going short, uh, shorter. And although she did it at Kentucky Downs in, uh, in the race last year. But also Joel Rosario, you talk about jockey changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maine is a fine jockey. Um, you know, Joel's arguably the best. But Joel is a much more patient rider, I would think. I don't know Maine that well as far as his, I mean, I know who he is and he rides Kentucky and all. But Joel is a very patient rider. And once in a while he'll go to the lead, but typically he'll, grab and hold back so between the jockey change to joel and the shortening up i would think delica would come off the pace today i don't really care i mean whether she's on the lead or not wherever he puts her i trust joel to give her a good ride but like i said i, I just the two is going to be so tough here that uh that, that that's where i'm leaning right. no, but, no I, but you know to your point delica you know we're like goddess is a beast so yeah. You know, and and yeah, shortening up. She, you know, she she she's zero for four at a at, at a mile, um, one second. But still, uh, I'm I'm just looking at the horses who have competed in grade graded stakes and and where they were based on um, their odds. So that, that's why I'm giving um, the four Curel. Uh, an outside shot at uh, at fifteen to one. Hey, you want to make a little bet that uh, the seven Princess Causeway beats Clarell, whatever you're for. 
can make a little side bet. Uh, and you got yeah, to well, get eaten let's up see. in the speed duel, probably. So yeah, I, actually, yeah, that that that's fair because well, Uh-oh. yeah, because here here's the deal. Um, they both have the same exact best turf brisnet speed. That's deal. really important. That that matters. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Especially yeah. especially since since probably Princess Causeway's best. Fire is ten points better than Purell's. No, no, not at all. True. <laughs> eighty-eight to eighty-five. It's very similar. And I don't really care that much. Well, eighty-eight to eighty-six actually. So it's very close. All right, let's. Uh, sure. Why not? You know. What, all right. We'll have a little. What do you want to bet? A, a beverage, or do you want to you you want to play the Andy Serling Big A lunch? That, lunch special. That never we gets paid a, off. We can do a beverage. You know, I don't want to hop you up on too many Miller Lights again, but we'll do a beverage thing. So next time uh, we're, we're together. Delaware Park would probably be the next uh, All right. spot that will Delaware Park uh, beverage. There you go. Boom. Race eight. Can I go on? Yes. All right, Let me eight. document. Let me document this bet. Yeah, you write it down like Andy does. Uh, keep track of the lunches, <laughs> the uh, drinks. So race eight is uh, ch- the turf sprint, the fan duel. I'll give them a plug. Fan duel, turf sprint, grade three. Six furlongs, obviously, on the turf. And... One of my favorites is in this race. I don't know if you uh, noticed yet, but Casa Creed. Yes, of course. Here, or not returns, but she runs here. And one of the horses who I often bet against, to my detriment last time, Got Stormy is in the race as well. Uh, A lot of the same players who have been chugging away at the turf sprints, horses like Diamond Oops, Fast Boat, Bombard, Casa Creed, Front Run the Fed. Got Stormy, Chewing Gum in New York a lot, Stubbin. So it's like the same cast in Primus or Imprimus. Uh, it's the same cast of characters here. And the more, in a way, it could be wide open. In a way, maybe it's a, a two-horse race some people will see between Casa Creed and, uh, and Got Stormy. Maybe people will disagree. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with that. I'm going to go short in this race. And I'm only going to use two horses in my pick five here. Uh, one is one of the favorites and one is a, uh, a price. And the favorite who I'm going to use, of course, or one of the favorites, not the favorite, Casa Creed, the seven. Now, Casa Creed, two back, put up that huge 105 buyer winning the Jiper, but he had a, a great setup there. Uh, it really set up for closers. They came flying. Chewing Gum came from uh, the back. In fact, Casa Creed and Chewing Gum were the last two in the race early, and they came in one, two, because there was a fast pace, and it set up for them. And you see Chewing Gum came back to do pretty much nothing, uh, last race, which was expected not to do nothing, but, you know, coming off that great setup, uh, probably come back and do nothing. So Constant Creed coming off the setup, I'm like, ah, eh, probably won't do much. Well, guess what? Only lost by two lengths to Got Stormy. And the question is, can you make up the two lengths or how can you make up the two lengths on Got Stormy? There's a few ways. And one of them is Costa Creed had a two wide trip around the first turn, two to three wide trip around the second turn where Got Stormy saved ground and had an amazing trip last time. So if you factor in the extra ground that Casa Creed ran, she is, uh, he almost ran the same as um, Got Stormy. So again, lost by two lengths, but probably ran about a length and a half more, if not two lengths more. So they were pretty even last race, I thought. Uh, so that's just one reason. And I think the distance is like perfect for Casa Creed. Because I think six furlongs is kind of a little short for her, even though she won at six furlongs. And the mile is probably as long as she wants to go. Uh, he wants to go, and that's probably pushing it. So, oh, these six furlongs, I'm sorry. But the six furlongs here plays 
a little longer. Sorry about that. It plays a little longer because they're going, even though downhill, they're going uphill too. And having that stamina will help. So when I see it, I should have said this at first, when I see a six furlong turf sprint at, at Kentucky Downs, I kind of add a half a furlong to it, maybe even a furlong. So to me, I treat it more like a six and a half furlong race. Those six and a half furlong sprints, I treat like seven furlongs, almost seven and a half. So I don't know if I'm right doing that, but that's kind of how I approach it. And I've had some success with it. So hopefully maybe that's just coincidence. But yeah, I, I see Consecrate. I just think her number two back is inflated. And then her last race, 100 buyer, which was as good as anyone other than got Stormy, you got the uh, great trip and one or two others. So I think Consecrate is very good. And then the other horse is Gear Jockey, the four horse. There's a horse who I've liked for a while. I watched him at Gulfstream and I kind of admired the horse and Ran two back, five and a half furlongs at Saratoga. And the only question that race really was, could he get the short distance? Because the horse ran long. And well, he got the short distance very effectively. Ran against Sheki Shabazz, who's like an 88 to 90 buyer horse, who often comes in second and third. So it's not like he beat a ton. But then he stepped up to, into grade three competition last time and lost a fast boat. Lost by a length and a half, but got off to about a two-length slow start. So if you take out that slow start, she's, he's right there, gear jockey, with fast boat or better. And I think this horse is improving. And if you look, the two times he ran in grade three competition, he ran very well, right? Lost by a length and a half with an awful start last time. Lost by half a length of Venezuela hard, who's a, a solid horse. Uh, and then if you go back to his two-year-old campaign on the turf, only lost by one length in the grade one Breeders' Cup juvenile turf. Only lost by a length and a quarter in the bourbon in grade three. So the point is, only lost, well, I said the half length. So my point is, in the grade threes and even one grade one, he's always right there. So he tends to step up. His last race, I would upgrade that 99 buyer because uh, of the bad start. Third off a short layout, but I think this horse is improving. I think the extra ground will help. It's only a half a furlong, but again, I, I kind of treat it like a furlong more. I think five and a half is a little short, even though he won two back. So I really think Gear Jockey has a, a decent shot here. So I'm just going to use the four and seven. I'd actually bet Gear Jockey, if the odds are correct, over Casa Creed, because I take 10 to one on Gear Jockey over seven to one Casa Creed. Um, so that's where I see this race going. I did want to mention one. I mentioned Got Stormy. I, I guess I can finish with that. Listen, Got Stormy can win. I'm going to get beat up by the My Racehorse people, the 10,000 people on the apron. But this horse got a perfect setup. I didn't like the horse last time. I'm not going to bet the horse this time at a fairly short price. I mean, I don't think you're getting nine to two. I think you're getting five to two, maybe three to one if you're lucky. Uh, and nine to two, she's, he's not a bad bet. Oh, she, this is a she. That's what's throwing me off because he's a she here. Um, Guy Storm is a mare going against the boys. Now, to me, though, it is class drop, right? Going against grade one, grade one, grade two. So it is a class drop, but it's a class drop with Costa Creed too. So anyway, God Stormy Quinn, I'm not using God Stormy. I'm on the four seven. I did want to mention one or two other horses, but I'll throw it over to you for some thoughts before I uh, finish up. Uh, my my only opinion is for some reason I'm gravitating to Empress or I'm Pris, whatever you want to. Impromis, I think it is, or Impromis. Impromis, yeah. Yeah. As we talked about jockeys and Irad's on it, but he, Irad rode the horse last time. Kind of disappointed when off at uh, five to two uh, against uh, horses that you had mentioned here, gear jockey, fast boat. I don't know. I just think the, the added distance will help. It's less of an all-out sprint. Kind of gets the, the 
far outside, which in at Kentucky Downs, who knows where in hell that is. Uh, I, I, I did see a six for a long race there. Um, it's not a, a hindrance being out on the 12th, but you know, I can't, uh, argue with anything that you've said on, on these other ones. I kind of agree with you with the God stormy and I, I've been more of a God stormy fan than you. Um, she's, but I, I think, uh, she's just going to come up short. There's, there really isn't a whole lot of early speed in here. That's, that's the thing. And um, I'm also picking a horse that tends to come off the pace. Uh, so it's like, okay, Bombard with uh, the three-horse flavoring Pratt, you know, coming off of a short vacation. Uh, you know, who, who else Who else is going to press this horse? Yeah, and I, that's my third horse, actually, one that I was going to talk about. And the more you say that, the more I'm like, eh, maybe no one. Maybe I shouldn't go three deep here. So there's a good chance I throw in Bombard who last race um, was stalked very hard, did not have an easy lead by a five to two shot, who ended up coming fourth in the five horse field. So basically held off one of the other favorites uh, very well. So uh, I don't know who he ran against, but uh, I would upgrade last race performance and, and give Bombard a shot. That was my third choice in this race. Yeah, but he, yeah maybe I'll go three deep. Yeah, he's an eight-year-old. Eight he only ran against four other ones in his last two. Uh, Santa Anita. I mean, he, he, he lost by a neck here last year to the horse that I had mentioned first. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I don't know why he's 10 to one, you know, do, do the numbers not add up for him? No, I think what you said, an eight year old and beat four horses, a little arrogate beat three horses or whatever. Uh, and then when the Travers next out, so I don't really <laughs> care about that. Uh, one thing to note, and, and you kind of alluded to it without actually saying it, Last year, the same race, right? The turf sprint. It was uh, September yeah. 12th of last year. You have four horses, I think, out of that race. The first four finishers, or at least the first three. Imprimis won, I thought, with a pretty good trip sitting off the pace. Uh, front run the Fed, I thought, had a little worse trip. Had to go a little wide in that race. Bombard had an easy lead and kind of coughed it up. Even though he almost won, uh, I would downgrade him from that performance. And then I thought there was one other horse that came out of that race. I'm just glancing quickly. Do you see another one that ran in that race? Oh, Stubbins was in that race, uh, and Stubbins saved ground at a very good trip, I thought. So Stubbins didn't run all that well. I mean, ran fine coming fourth, but out of those races, I thought front run the Fed ran the best. I actually used front run the Fed in the uh, in the Breeders' Cup, but that didn't go too well. She didn't, he didn't run horrible, but he, he didn't do anything in the Breeders' Cup. So anyway, I don't want to uh, steal your thunder there. I do have one or two more things to add, but go ahead if you want to finish your thoughts. No, the, the only thing, since you pointed out that race last year, uh, very fast early pace. Um, he, he maintained a, a length lead, so I I don't see him having to go that fast that early. You know, in here. Plus, the turf was listed as soft, which to me always says, well, it's harder on speed horses. You know, speed. Uh, it's more tiring a softer uh, turf not knowing what Kentucky Downs will offer on Saturday, uh, if it'll be firmer or good or yielding. But if you notice in your PPs, at least his past 10 races, the only two that were anything but firm, um, he did not prevail. 
Well, no, let me just the other the other one was the British Cup sprint that he finished eighth by three and a quarter. So it's hard hard to knock him for that performance. Yeah, if, if I can just jump in on that turf sprint from last year, even though it was soft and you said it was like a fast pace and it says C like for a closer, so if you're looking at DRF, he had an easy lead. And if you look at the track variant, it was a three. So even though it was soft, they're saying that it was playing very fast. So I, I don't really agree with the uh, the pace uh, scenario. I think it was an easy pace. And I would okay. downgrade that effort big time from Bombard. But that was a year ago. This is different now. Uh, he ran a good race last time. He might be the only speed here. I, I don't see a reason to dislike Bombard. And uh, uh, the more and more I look, the more I'm going to use him as a third horse in this pick five. So I'm going to go three, four, seven. Well, here, here, here's the thing I just picked up on. I mean, I'd never like in Whitmore as my poster child for not playing an older horse off of a layoff. I mean, uh, you look back at Bombard's PPs, every race, whether it be a long layoff, a short layoff, he, he didn't win. You know, there's other factors there, but uh, and uh, as a horse gets older, you know, who knows? You know, he, he's got uh, two, four, five, five workouts leading up to this at Del Mar. He, not, not saying that he's not fit, but is he in his best condition in order to this is like a 95 100 day layoff the others were like a year layoff or, or more so I, he's training well i'm because i don't love the horse but i he's probably my third or fourth pick and the fact that he's lone speed moving him up to my third potentially lone speed my third pick my, my thing about the two horses oh go ahead i'm sorry what would bombard qualify as a quigley pick no he probably will like uh bombard we'll get a, a message uh <laughs> What time is this race? 409 Central, so 509 Eastern, that is. So, yeah, at about 502, uh, I'm going to go with Jared Quigley with the uh, – I like Bombard in the next race. <laughs> and he might be right. Fast boat, I don't know where the heck that last race came from because I downgrade, like, all his races because he had perfect setups. I don't know if you remember, but TK was on our show uh, June 5th uh, filling in for you for the Belmont Stakes. And he uh -huh. liked uh, – I don't want to make him feel bad. He liked – because he does very well. But he liked Fast Boat, and I was trying not to chuckle because I'm like, there's no way this horse had great stuff. And he ran like – and then last race, I don't know if we did that a show on the race or not, but there's no way I picked him, and I don't think you would have picked him or anyone. And then he wins. I'm like, how the hell did he go from crap, crap, crap to, like, amazing? Uh, he had a good trip and all, but I'm just hoping that was a fluke because if he just, like, a light turned on and he's back, uh, that can be scary, I think. But I'm still going to go against Fast Boat, hoping that was just a – either an aberration speed figure or, I don't know, an aberration race. And then I think Imprimus might be, uh, might be done just because he, uh, he's got the one big speed figure two back, but that was in the Shaker Town that was an insane pace that set up for closers, and I would downgrade that. And if you downgrade that, he's running like 92, 93 buyers. I, listen, we like Joe Orsino, and, and hopefully you know the horse does well, but I just think he's kind of, on his last legs here, and I, I wouldn't uh, bet him. Unless he can win. Uh, and, and the other horse I like a little bit, though, actually, is Stubbins. I, I used him last time off a layoff, and maybe he just needed the last race. So um, perhaps Stubbins, he would be my fourth horse. I just don't think I'm going that deep in this race, but uh, Bombard would be my third horse, Stubbins my fourth horse. So um, four and seven, and if I went deeper, three and then 11. Any, any uh, final thoughts for you, or should we move on? No, we can move on. All right, race nine, the Calumet Turf Cup. This is a grade two for $1 million. Going to mile and a half on the turf, of course. 
I know I'm not speechless too often because I talk so much, but I am for a loss for words in this race. I'll just, I hate talking about a race that I don't have an opinion in, and I really have very little opinion. I basically was trying to go short in the other races, single, too deep, so I can go very deep in this race because I, I have no clue. I really don't. I'll talk about a couple of horses and some thoughts, but they're not strong opinions. First of all, I'm going to give you a bet, GQ, as you flip through the pages there. This could be a second bet. I'll take either side. It could be a double or nothing after you lose the first one. Mike Maker. You can either have Mike Maker in this race or you can have no Mike Maker. So does Mike Maker win this race or not? Would you take the Maker horses or all the others? Because, by the way, like half the field is Maker. Right, yeah. You have Maker, the four, Tide of the Sea. You have the six, Bluegrass Parkway. You have the eight, A Journey to Freedom. You have the nine, Glynn County. And you have the 11 Zulu Alpha, five out of the 12 in the body. And then he's got an AE, the 15, who probably won't draw in, but you never know. So he's got five out of 12 in the race. Would you say? Well, I, I, I'll, I'll just say, since you said you don't have a clue, that that will probably turn into the winning horse being the favorite. <laughs> Brad, Brad Cox, five horse, Arklow. He's... He, he's never been out of the exact in three starts at Kentucky Downs, two wins in a, in a second. Uh, he's three to one, obviously, because uh, he's the best horse in, in, in here. So I would I would be on the in order to try to, as you say, try to double or nothing, try to try to get back to even. Sure, I'll, I'll take the not Mike Maker All right. uh, side. Uh, even though the three horses I like, one is a maker, two is not. I'll, I'll, I'll take the maker side then just for the bet purposes here. Um, okay. I don't know about Arklow here. Yes, he, you're right. He loves Kentucky Downs. Uh, I remember we did the show. I don't know if you were on with me. We, we had a guest on. I think you were there too. Maybe uh, Chris was on our show, Otto. But we went over Del Mar. Maybe you were out that week. And Arklow was running there August 21. And I said at the time... I don't know if I said it on the air, actually, but I know I said to myself or, or talking to Chris or someone, I said, why is he running here? He loves Kentucky Downs. Why aren't they just waiting for Kentucky Downs? Well, they tried to sneak a race into him, I guess, and now they're going to Kentucky Downs. I'm not really sure why he ran in the last race. I know it's like a month difference. Now it's three more weeks, but um, I don't know if he needed the race. Uh, they thought they can get an easy win. I have no idea. So it's, it's a lot of money, so I understand we want to run the horse, and I'm not saying they shouldn't have. I was just surprised that they went to Kentucky Downs. Because if you look last year, he ran in the United Nations at Monmouth, and then he came back and won the Kentucky Turf Cup, this race. This year, he ran in the United Nations, and I figured, all right, he'll come back and run in, the, in this race. And again, they added that uh, other race in. He was more likely race this year. Maybe that's why. I don't. Maybe they thought he needed one more. I don't know. Two back, he got into major trouble at Monmouth. So I can totally forgive that race against Tribavan where he was coming around almost on the second turn or third turn, I guess it is, the, the final turn, Arklo. And a uh, horse checked real bad, kind of pulled up, and, and Arklo almost came to a stop. So I totally completely that race. But last race, I mean, unless it was just shipment in California, but he's won in, at Del Mar before. So I don't know what happened last race. I don't think it was that tough of a field. I know the pace wasn't, like, lightning fast, but it was a uh, horse was alone on the lead. But um, the, the winner came from uh, mid-pack or towards the back of the pack, and, uh, I just, I don't know what happened last race. I don't want a short price on a horse who may not be himself. Now, again, if you want to take the uh, opinion, 
He's run against some good horses over the years. He loves Kentucky Downs. Yeah, lifetime, he's the best horse here, I guess. But I, I don't know. He's not really for me in this spot. The three horses that I'm definitely using, and then I'm, I'm going to go deep from there, are um, two of them are double-digit odds, and one's a short. So I'll start with the short one, Channel Cat, a horse I've long liked. Two back, he ran in the Manhattan, which I thought was uh, probably the toughest race of the year because you had domestic spending, who was probably the best turf horse in the country, Gufo, who maybe is the best turf horse in the country now, and Tribberman, who's an excellent horse too, although uh, if our Quigley friends are listening, they're getting angry at me. He really benefited from lone speed in a lot of his races, but he's still a very good horse. I thought that was the toughest race, and he was up on a pace chasing Tribberman, so it was understandable he faded because even though Tribberman held out for second, when you're alone on the lead, it's a lot easier to go a fast pace than chasing a fast pace. So I, I upgraded his two back. And then the Bowling Green last race, he had a fairly easy, easy lead but early on. But then he got pushed by Channel Maker, who I think you didn't like, which was a smart uh, call on your part, who was coming back from Dubai or Saudi Arabia, who kind of faded behind him. But, uh, you know, he was being pushed by a good horse who probably wasn't right that race. But still, he didn't run awful last race. And uh, I think Channel Cat is a decent shot in here. I think this is an easier field than he's been facing personally and the other two horses i'll go real quick again because i don't have strong opinions the seven fantasioso with umberto rispoli if that's how you say it uh, this is a horse who also got in trouble in the united nations just like um Arco got in trouble fantasioso also took uh the brunt of that when that horse uh really steadied in front of him and, and kind of stopped and it really hurt him so you can either toss the uh the united nations or upgrade the united nations for fantasioso and then last race, he had a two-wide trip, basically. So not a bad trip, but he didn't exactly save ground. He looked like he was going to blow by the leaders. He ducked in, went into the, uh, along the rail, and it looked like he was going to win the race, and he kind of flattened out, which might be scary. Maybe it's hard to say it was too far because he ran two miles, but you know maybe that extra eighth of a mile did him in. I don't know what the reason was. It wasn't the fastest of paces, but uh, I thought closers did fine in the race, so I, I wouldn't hold that. You know, I wouldn't give him the benefit of the doubt for that. So I don't know. Maybe he, uh, maybe he just didn't want to go as long. Maybe he was running against better, which he wasn't, I guess. But I, I don't know. I, I just thought that he had a shot here, uh, especially based on his two back United Nations. And then the horse who I actually like the most, which maybe it's good that I'm taking the makers in, is the eight A Journey to Freedom. This is a horse that. I have to toss his last race. If I toss his last race, this would be a, a potential single for me. That's how much I would like him. I thought he ran really well in the Belmont Gold Cup. And then two back, I thought he ran very well in the, it was just a, a allowance, optional claiming. I'm not sure why they snuck. A, I shouldn't say I'm not sure why. He had a condition and they snuck a win into him. Uh, so they put him in there and he won. Um, what are my notes on that? back oh slightly slow start he started like one or two runs slow because he lunged at the start did save ground uh but he also had to alter a few times in the stretch by joe allen listen he probably didn't beat much but he was clearly the best and then i don't know what happened last race too so i'm taking two horses out of the john's call race that i actually liked going into that race who did not run much again it's hard to just ignore a race for no reason i don't know why they ran not as well as they should have but I'm going to give them a pass for that race. It was a weird distance. Who knows? Making the buyer for a weird distance race. There's no track variant. I'd ignore the, the speed figure. I'm not concerned about that. I'm going to give those towards another shot. But you can see I'm not confident. So uh, I would lean towards the eight. 
and then the three and seven, but three, seven, eight, but I'm going deep here. And uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'm not, we talked about Arclo, so you can, uh, you can take it away here and I'm basically done with the race. Wow. I mean, yeah, this, this is a race. I, nothing stu- stood out to me outside of saying that, you know, <laughs> you got all these possibilities and probably the favorite will, will win. Is there, I, one like horse your, that you can, is there one horse you can just toss? Like, I can't just say, I, I taught the two I don't think is going to win, but I can't even just toss the horse. Is there anyone you see with no chance? I, I can't, I can't play a horse. You know, this is a captain obvious toss. Like the six horse, Bluegrass Parkway. Yeah, I agree with that I, too. I can't give a horse a shot, no matter how good he's looked, after 17 career races, his first time in a graded stakes. Yeah, I, you know, maybe it's not even a grade three, it's grade two. So, yeah, I they're they're the type of horses I, I can toss. Um, intriguing 20 to one is the two horse, Crossfire Hurricane. Uh, I mean, how often do you see horses coming over, you know, from across the pond and not getting bet at all in these races? You know, it's like 24 to 1, 73 to 1. I can understand the 73 to 1 after the way he ran in the Shoemaker. But still, I mean, the horse has nothing going for it, but... uh, you know, uh, it was a promising run in, in the, the Del Mar handicap, but uh, still, uh, I I wouldn't toss him, you know. So, uh, yeah, I, I'd i be on Arclo, uh, but, uh, hey, talk about jocks, whether they, you know, you would consider using a horse or tossing a horse. Hey, Castellano used to be my favorite turf jock, but Father Time is catching up to him, I believe. So uh, Umberto Rispoli is an auto use out in California on the turf. So who knows? So at at twelve to one morning line, I I I I'd throw him in the mix. I have nothing more to to say about any others. All right, I'm not. I, I said the seven hasn't shot, and I'm using the seven, but. Right. You know, running against Mario Gutierrez and a seven-year-old Mike Smith is a little different than going against Johnny V, Luis Saez, Font Giroux, uh, Tyler Gaffleon, Irad, well, Joe Barber rides up there now, Santana, Jose Ortiz. It's a little different, but I, I'm sure he's a good jockey. I don't want to knock Rispoli. So you're comparing Rispoli and the Southern California jockey colony to Belterra's. Basically, it's like going from Belterra to uh, to Irish. So a little, little step up, but he's—I'm sure he's very good and capable. So it's not meant to be a knock. It's more knocking about your statement that you know, oh, he's going to make such a difference when there's eight riders in the race. That's what we were talking about. Your question of the week, yeah, you're getting a rider upgrade, but the competition's getting rider upgrades. You're not running against those jockeys, so uh, you know. Anyway, all right, let's move on to race ten because I don't have a strong opinion there. I will say a lot of people probably spread in that race, and I hate spreading when everyone's spreading, but. I'm most likely going to do that, unfortunately. Race 10, I have a little more of an opinion. It might be wrong. Uh, I like three horses that I'm going to use here. And uh, I'll start with my top pick, which is a price. So you can uh, mark it down here. This is how we're going to make money for the uh, meet at Kentucky Downs when Adam Biskitza wins race number 10 on the four. Easy time for Mark Cassie. Now, you talk about jockeys. I would have loved to have seen 
Tyler ride this horse because he rides for Cassie, and it's like, why isn't he riding this horse? But mm-hmm. he had trouble last time, so I'm hoping that maybe the owners or something said, hey, let's get a different jockey on the horse, and that's why he's not riding the horse, which is why I don't even look at or worry too much about it because you never know. Maybe he committed to the two before he knew the four was in the race. There's so much right. backstory. Um, but yeah, I would have been more confident if Tyler was on the horse. Not that I have anything against Biskitza. I assume Tyler's a better rider, but regardless of that, you know, just the fact that Tyler would have stuck, it would have been good. But like I said, we don't know why he's not on the horse. Maybe he didn't have a choice. So why do I like the four easy time? Well, he was in that Hall of Fame race. And I think the horses that ran in New York are a little better than the horses that were running at Woodbine and the horses that were running at Arlington and these stakes races. So I, I kind of give them the benefit of the doubt in that regard. But in that great two Hall of Fame, you ran against Public Sector, who came back to win pretty easily, who's one of the better three-year-olds, if not the best three-year-old turf uh, boy in the country, I guess, uh, domestically at least. And uh, in that race, I'm just trying to read my notes. I kind of know what happened. But he, uh, he had a two-wide trip, and then he was squeezing the stretch, and he had something left. You guys can go back and watch that replay. But I think he was coming in second, or, or he would be right where Annex was, uh, give or take a half a length which I don't think he was going to beat public sector, but I think he was going to be pretty close. So I would definitely upgrade that. And listen, if he ran almost the same race as Annex and you're going to get nine to two on Annex and you're going to get 15 to one on easy time, go for it. Not to mention, this is kind of a third off a layoff. I only think there's room to improve. Not that Annex isn't improving, but uh, I think a lot of improvement can be seen from easy time here. And I'm, I'm very happy if I can get 15 to one on easy time. So that's my, uh, that's my main, uh, pick here the other two horses i'm going to use the second one is a short price and the other one's a bit of a long shot the 10 horse point me by for louis Saez. this horse who did run in that grade one bruce d last out i forgot what they used to call that was that the secretariat the uh three-year-old turf i believe so yes yeah. yeah um i don't know if he beat anything tremendous in there but he did it so easily got a good speed figure only his third start, you'd think he'd improve off of that. Eddie Keneally, kind of a local, you know, Kentucky trainer there. Oh, well, he's Irish, but he's trained in Kentucky. So um, I, I just think that the, the 10 is a very logical short price horse here has a good shot. And then the other horse I'm going to use is Tyler's horse, the two, the Lear Jet. These horse who came over last year for the Breeders' Cup Turf Juvenile and didn't really do uh, much in that race. But the horse had been sprinting a lot, and who knows what happened that race. It was a tough race, obviously. It was 63 to 1, so obviously it was not really a, a factor in the race. People didn't really give the horse much of a shot. Anyway, comes back this year, ran uh, pretty well in first race back, a group three, lost by half a length in Newberry, goes into group two, where the tough, the tough, the tough was very soft, perhaps didn't want that. Uh, I don't know for sure, but ran 10th as a lukewarm favorite. Uh, so, Again, not a great race, but who knows? The turf could have uh, had a factor in that. Comes back in a grade one race. Now, this race, he was 50 to one, which tells me it was a very tough race. If he was in the Commonwealth Cup grade one, uh, Campanelle was uh, definitely heard of. I want to actually say that. So is that Wesley Ward Campanelle? I thought it might be. I should have looked that up, but I just realized it. Anyway, regardless, came in seventh. Okay, fine, whatever. Then was in a more logical spot, a group three race last time. Uh, at Newmarket, and I thought ran pretty well despite finishing uh, sixth. He was up on the pace. He kind of it was like a no turn race, it was just a straightaway, and was sitting just off the leaders. 
kind of emerged right on the lead. Uh, I can't say mid-stretch because the whole race is a stretch, but, you know, with like a prolong and a half to go. And then all the speeds just kind of quit, including him. It was a race that favored closers. So I would upgrade the last performance and seems to run better on the firm turf, uh, at least in my opinion, because I thought the last race was, was you know, pretty good. And the other race before that was um, that Newberry race, April 18th, on a good turf, which, uh, you know, it's not fast, but it's, it's closer to fast than or firm than the other races that he's running. So I, I think the Learjet has a decent shot here, should, you know, stay somewhat close to the pace. I assume we'll come a little off the pace. Anyway, so I'm going four, two, 10 in this race, and that's all I'm using in the pick three. I'm not going to go uh, deep here. That allows me to go deep in, in the ninth race as well. Uh, one or two other words we can mention if you don't, but um, take it away, GQ. <laughs> I, I probably won't mention many. Uh, here, here's, here's a, you know, we're in September now. This is a race restricted to three-year-olds. So I'd like to try to find if any of these horses have, have tested it out you know, outside of just uh, restricted to three-year-olds. And most have not. Um, the low price, uh, 10-horse, point me by. First two races were against older or open to older. You know, uh, I, 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 you know, can't really gather much from that. Uh, another one who has faced older few races back, the eight horse Tango, 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 both at Maidens. And as you'd like to say, you know, OK, so he was in against older horses who couldn't win anyway. So <laughs> there's nothing to prove there. Um, horse that probably is in here because they have hopes of um coming back and uh, going to run in the Breeders' Cup as well as the five horse, 15 to one, Miss Amulet ran third last year in the Breeders' Cup ju juvenile Philly uh, turf. Uh, interesting that they come back here. I mean, the horse has only run twice since then and has done God awful, but uh, they've both been grade ones uh, in our, in, the first one in Ireland, next one at Newmarket, Great Britain. That last one was against uh, older, but you know when you run 18th out of 19 horses, uh, going six furlongs, did you get much out of the race? And you weren't expected to do much, but ju just for that, I think this. If if you want to use a grade two as a prep. Maybe that's what uh, this is for the five Miss Almiet. Um, other than that, uh, I, I really can't find much. It, it is interesting, like you had said about the, the jockey switch on Easy Time. Tyler lands on uh, the two horse, the Learjet for Brendan Walsh. Horse that's been away makes it uh, not North American debut because it was in the same. Uh, juvenile turf, or actually, I let, let me backtrack. <laughs> As you got always get stuck with God Stormy running against boys. That's what Miss Almiot's doing here. So I don't know. Maybe maybe there isn't a three-year-old um, sprint to to get her ready for Breeders' Cup. Who knows? But anyway, I digress. Uh, first time racing after being gelded. 
uh, also off for two and a half months is the two, the Learjet. Tyler does ride for Brendan Walsh, not as much as he does for the Cassies, but he's 20% over the past year with Brendan Walsh. And like you said, you don't know what the, the circumstances were. Maybe he committed to the two before Cassie decided to enter easy time. I'm saying a lot, but not saying much <laughs> as far as helping anybody with an opinion. Uh, so I'm, I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm going to say that the Bruce D was not much of a race. So I'd look elsewhere. Kind of like what you said last week about, I don't like any horse coming out of that race and what happened. A big price won. <laughs> that, that race or a different race? No, it was coming out of that race. I oh, forget. So I was it, it, was, it was a huge price horse, seventy-five hour horse, I think. I don't even remember. And it, it was it was a preview. It was Belmont preview, some turf race uh, last week. I don't know. Wow, that's great. So that's why I figure, I, I figure I'll, I'll give myself the kiss of death saying that I don't, I don't like any horse coming out of the Bruce D. So watch. All right. Um, one of those will. All right, and uh, I'm done. Next, the six horse. I just thought I had a pretty easy lead last time, and he was in that Hall of Fame against Public Sector, who won in Annex this year. And I, I to me, both Annex and uh, Easy Time, my my top pick, outran Next last time, and I don't see why Next is going to improve more than they improved. So, uh, yep, yeah, I'm I'm uh, fairly thin here. I'm two, four, ten, and we go on to race eleven, the finale. It's a maiden special weight, going a mile, obviously on the turf. And in this race, there's a little bit of guessing going on with a couple first-time starters. But, you know, when I watch replays, I put, and I've talked about this, like a plus or a minus on horses. Well, the two I have a minus against, the four I have a minus, the six I have a minus, the seven I have a minus, <laughs> the, uh, and the 12 I have a minus. What I mean by that is I would downgrade their performances, meaning they were aided by the trip or setup or something that happened during the race. Doesn't mean they can't win or improve off of that, especially if it was their first start. They're, they're going to improve probably second out. But I have negatives. The two had a really uh, pretty easy lead last time, and that helped him a lot. Uh, who else did I say? The four horse um, saved every inch of ground and had the experience edge on the competition. The six horse Grail uh, was up on a very soft pace. Uh, the, the seven horse had a perfect trip behind three speeds, the Wesley Ward horse. Doesn't mean the horse can't improve or anything and win, but I'm going to try and avoid horses like that. And the 12 horse fierce debate uh, had a perfect trip sitting behind the speeds too and saving ground. So uh, to me, I'm going to try and avoid most of those horses. Uh, there's actually one of those I might use. But if I had to make a top pick, I would go with the one close knit from uh, Victoria Oliver, written by Rafael Bejarano. And uh, the one horse. I don't have a negative. I don't have a positive next to him. I don't have a negative after his first race. He was basically too wide chasing a, a relatively soft pace. Uh, but for a first-time starter, it was not bad. And no one was gaining on this horse late. So clearly second best or, or you know, clear second. Uh, I like the fact that no one was gaining on the horse. I just think if the horse steps forward ran as well or better than any of these already. So if I had to pick who ran the best first race out of all these, other than the 10 who I'll talk about, but that was on the dirt, I, I think the one ran the best race. Now, these races, I wouldn't even worry about speed figures. It's who's going to improve a lot. So whether you want to look at trainers who improve horses second out, whatever you want to do, 
Uh, but I'll go with the two improving second out, even though Oliver doesn't have great second out numbers. Uh, I think I'll get a price because of the jockey and, and her low number. So maybe it'll help me. Uh, another horse is the 10 who's interesting. Since I have so many negatives on the horses who ran on turf, this horse only ran on dirt, ran faster speed figures than all these ran on the turf. So if the 10 horse Seal Beach for Irad and Maker can convert to the turf, the horse should be a major player here. And I think we'll be shorter than 9-2, to two, but maybe I'm wrong because it's Maker, it's Irad, it's this fast speed figures. And Midshipman is an excellent sire. I'm not a breeding person. You might know uh, a lot more than me, uh, GQ. But when I see Midshipman, I think more turf sprints, but but turf definitely. Uh, perhaps a distance will be an issue here, but out of Union Rags, Mare, that helps the distance. So uh, I think the two is going to be a major player here. I hate to pay for dirt form, meaning get a short price because it always ran well on dirt. And now you have to find out, can he run on turf? But because I downgraded so many of these, uh, I just think this horse is very logical here. So I'm with the 110. And you know what? It's a little kind of chalking out. Not chalking out because of the price, but it's a little, what's the word I'm looking for? Almost like guessing, stabbing. But the nine, Garmento for Brad Cox. Brad Cox wins like 90% over there, everywhere. Uh, you get Joel Rosario. I usually don't like first-timers going long unless it's like Chad Brown or Christoph Clement, but Cox is not terrible with the move. He's 16% ROI. is not good, but you're getting a good price probably on this horse. You might not get 12 to 1, but you'll get a pretty good price on the horse. And in a race where I don't like everyone, why not take a first-time starter from a trainer who wins all the time, from a jockey who's uh, amazing? If you want to look at the workouts, I don't, I don't really look at that, but pretty good uh, you know, workouts on the, uh, on the poly track uh, or whatever that is, the Tapita over at Turfway, whichever they use. I forgot. Uh, so I would go 1, 9, 10 here. If I had to pick others and went deeper, I'd probably go with the two and the eight. Uh, the eight horse, who would be my next pick, I guess, ran okay first out. Uh, and I'm definitely using this horse. So one, eight, nine, ten. I guess I should say I'm definitely using. Uh, so I'm going a little deep here. Uh, this is a horse who first out wasn't like in a big speed duel, but did have some pressure. Um, and, and I thought ran pretty well. In fact, other than the one, I thought the eight ran as well as anyone on the turf. Uh, despite the feet, some horses getting a higher speed figure. And then hopefully last time it was just the dirt that was no good because the horse did not run all that well. So I, I would definitely give the eight a, a look here too. So one, eight, nine, ten. If I add a, a fifth horse, it would be the two. Who, yeah, I downgraded the effort because he had a fairly easy lead, but um, didn't run terribly uh, despite the, the fairly easy lead. Uh, had some speed, Tyler, Safi Joseph, second out. I, I just... You know, that, that horse has a shot here, uh, but I would definitely lean towards one, eight, nine, ten as my top four. GQ, you see anything that stands out? Yeah, I like the breeding on the three horse Midhurst, 15 to one morning line. I mean, Irish bred, a no nay never at us uh, by Scat Daddy, turf all over the place, and it's uh, uh, Irish bred dam. So obviously, the Turf breeding number comes back really strong. I Right or wrong, a lot of times with first-time stars, and, and the thing is, is uh, going back you, in races like this, first-time starters, morning line makers wouldn't have any um, or wouldn't tip their hand, let's say, or tip the, the, tr the horse's hand by having uh, different types of morning lines regardless of uh, what was known or unknown about the horse. Old school morning line makers would just make the horse eight to one. 
regardless. Now you'll see you'll see in races first time starters five to two, others twenty to one, fifteen to one. That may have to do with the statistics for the trainers uh, on first time starters. And you know Brendan Walsh, seventeen percent trainer, but uh, over the past five years he's only five percent with uh, turf debuters, so that that could be the reason why the 15-1 morning line. It's just a pure pedigree play for me to use the three uh, Midhurst. Um, but I, I started uh, down one road and took a detour when I was saying right or wrong. When there's a trainer who has horses at multiple tracks, diff- strings at different tracks, and when I see, you know, like, I, okay, I'm a mid-Atlantic guy, so I'm, I'm handicapping Laurel. When I see a horse who's been working out at Penn National or Charlestown, I'm thinking, okay, what were the intentions or what were the hopes for this horse if it's been working out or it's stable there at a lesser track than than there? And that's, and that's what I see in, in some of these uh horses you know turfway park the horse did start at keeneland and all of a sudden he's not at keeneland not at churchill or wherever else brendan walsh has his string of horses he's off the turfway park maybe that's because they figure okay this horse is definitely going to be turf um and maybe everywhere else the the turf is too uh the turf you know, is too tough as far as what the horse might run up against. So they figure Turfway Park would be an easy way. So maybe in a way I'm I'm full of it and this should be a good sign that they're 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 coming this way. No so you're shaking my, your head. Yeah, I just wanted to point out so we sound like we're somewhat educated here. Uh and I don't know hundred percent, but I'm pretty sure Churchill Down shut down. And all the horses had to leave, if that's correct. Oh, that's right. They redid their colonial. So I'm assuming that's why he went to Turfway, not some, you know, turf uh, secret plan. But I mean, look at the breeding. It's definitely bred for the turf. So that's not uh, that's not an issue, like you mentioned. Yeah, I'm Uh, sorry. I totally forgot about the Churchill redoing their turf. So all right, but uh to to my point and uh another one, uh another thing coming from a horse making their second start, you know, you, you said you downgraded all these because you watch the replay, you know, um, I always look at how was the horse bet in its first start? Uh, look at the six and look at the seven, obviously three to one favorite is not a rousing endorsement. You know, uh, we're back to Brendan Walsh at, Ellis Park may have been purely a connections play with Godolphin, you know, but, uh, you know, a lot of times horses that are bet in their first start and don't, uh, you know, deliver the goods, they'll come back at a, at a better price. Conversely, you look at the seven horse, Tus- uh, Tuskegee Cat, Wesley Ward, two-year-olds always get bet and yet this one was very cold at nine to one in his debut ran 
a serviceable fourth by two and a quarter. The second and third place horses came back to, to break their maiden in their next start. So I would have a question about, you know, how, you know, how good is this horse? You know, even though the horse went for 145,000 uh, as a yearling, um, a Wesley Ward two-year-old or just doesn't go off at nine to one typically in their first start. But the running line says that, you know, maybe uh, the competition was a lot better than uh, advertised. So that's just thoughts, general thoughts, looking at first timers and horses making their second start. What I tend to try to read between the, the PP lines. Oh, and and just for for uh, it, it, I. I would be, it wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't mention this. <laughs> the horse that you like, the 10 horse, I rad up. So that's why he's probably going to be nine to two or lower. Second time blinkers. Oh, he's a lock. <laughs> Put him in lock. the winner's circle. Lock it up. Or maybe I'll just single now. I don't know. Got to think about that one. Um, all right. So I like how you talk about the prices and you're like, oh, they were bad. They weren't bad. Oh, but, and then at the end, well, maybe they were just running against better horses. So it's meaningless. That's good. Well, <laughs> the reason why I said that is because two of them came back to break their maiden next time out. Right. And then look at Baj, who went off thir- the two horses in the last race, who went off 32 to one. Now, if Baj was running at Ellis in one of those other races, maybe that horse is three to one or six to one because right. you don't have two Chad Browns and Pletcher, whoever else was in that race. I don't know offhand. But, uh, you know, so much of it is the competition for the, the betting, too. So I, I'm not saying what you said is, is worthless at all, but that's something I don't really care that much about personally when a handicap. But I know people do, and it works for them. So hopefully it works for people out there if they're doing it. All right, so just quick recap. Race 7, I'm going short. I'm probably going to single the chalk, unfortunately, Princess Grace. Um, if I decide to get ballsy and single uh, 15 to one shot later, I'll add in the nine, uh, Delica, maybe Abscon, the three, and outside chance, the seven, Princess Causeway. But most likely, I'm singling the two, Princess Grace, but I think a lot of people might do that. Uh, in race eight, the turf sprint, I'm also going to go fairly short there. I was planning on just using the four gear jockey and the seven, which is uh, Casa Creed. But the more we talked, the more I thought I might throw in Bombard is kind of a lone speed. I like his last race. And if I went four deep, which I don't think I will, it will be the 11 Stubbins, but I don't think I'll do that. I'll, I'll be two or three deep there. Race nine is where I don't know what I'm doing. I'm using at least, that is the Turf Cup, the mile and a half race. I'm using at least Channel Cat, the three, Fantasioso, the seven, a Journey to Freedom, the eight, and I'm going to add more in there. So use your heart's content, I guess. I don't know what to say. Uh, it really depends on the price uh, and, and the more I look at the race. Race 10, I'm going to go three deep only with the two Learjet, the four uh, easy time, and the 10 point me by. Now, there is a chance, and the more I look at it, the more I'm actually leading to this. There is a chance I single the four easy time. I'm actually more scared of the two the more I look at it than the 10, but um, there's an outside chance I single easy time, and then I wouldn't be afraid of chalking out in some of the other races like that first leg. Uh, but I'm not sure. But most likely two, four, ten with a chance of singling the four. And we just went over the last race. I'm on the one, eight, nine, ten 
possibly add, uh, you know, the two or even the three you kind of talked me into a little bit. One, eight, nine, ten in the last leg for the most part. So uh, hopefully just talking about the horses helps. Next week, I want to go over either vertical or horizontal. I really want to get into uh, like what we had done a few times and the purpose of the show, uh, formulating the bet more. But we're already an hour and 15 minutes into the show, so I didn't want to spend a lot of time doing it now. But next week, we'll definitely save time to do that. Again, whether it's a vertical race we'll talk about or the horizontal with like the pick five or even the pick four, pick three, and just thoughts on how to bet it. Uh, you might not like the same horses, but at least you get an idea of how one might bet the race and hopefully in a helpful way. So having said that, uh, I think we're about to put a wrap on this one. GQ, any final thoughts, words of wisdom? Just um, as we typically add the disclaimer, we, we never mention any of the also eligibles in here. And point. Sure, sure shooting what uh, Alf. Alfie uh, Princess or whatever was the only also eligible last weekend that One. was not mentioned um, who beat your 50 to one shot or 30 to oh. one shot or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that, last that, week, right. I, you, you brought up how I didn't like a horse uh, came into the bomb and then you don't bring up until now my 50 to one shot or whatever he was uh, that I gave out in the beginning that came in second and I gave out the exact two. I'm not here to like powder tip and I didn't put on Twitter or anything. I'm not a, Gonna brag, but you brought it up. So, uh, yeah, that horse. I mean, I made decent money on the race anyway. But if that horse would have won, woo, it would have been a amazing week. But uh, yeah. hopefully, so, Adam so yeah, so, will do it for me this my, time. Right. My point was that um, you know we we never go into the AEs because we don't know if they're getting in or not. So good or bad, that's that's the disclaimer. But the most important thing is race seven, the beverage bet. I mean. That, that forget forget about who you like in your sequence i mean the beverage bet i got the four ql you got the seven princess causeway and one can finish second to last and the other one finished last and somebody's a winner absolutely and the the not funny thing is uh if i lose that bet I am going to demand a drug test because I guarantee <laughs> I would be shocked if my horse, well, they're probably all drugged up, but I, I'd be shocked if my horse was, uh, you know, I, I think he's one of the more straight and narrow trainers. Uh, I'll leave it at that. I won't mention your trainer who you're supporting, but uh, I don't want to get sued or anything, but uh, I just, I have a more honest trainer in my viewpoint, but anyway, we'll see what happens in that race. It's a, it's an interesting one and that bet will be interesting. So, Having said that, everyone, thank you for listening so much. Good luck. Enjoy the finale. Uh, I think it's the final weekend already, uh, if I'm not wrong. <laughs> yes. Tuck you down as it comes quickly and it goes quickly. So enjoy. Good luck. Hope you're uh, making thousands, and we'll speak to you next week. So long, everyone.